0: Welcome to the Macomb Israel Teacher's Lounge podcast, where we connect students and listeners with Israel by discussing and exploring current events and relevant issues. I am your host, Michael Unterberg, here, as always, with co-host Alan Goldman. How are you, Alan? Doing well, Mike. All right, that's good. And today we
1: have a very special guest. Alan, would you please introduce him? Uh, We're fortunate today that Shmuel Rosner has joined us. And Shmuel is an Israeli columnist, editor, and researcher. He is a contributing opinion writer for the International New York Times and is the political editor of the Jewish Journal for which he writes the blog, Rosner's Domain. Rosner writes in Hebrew for Mariv Daily, and is also the nonfiction chief editor for Israel's largest publishing house, Kinerd Zmoradvir. He is a senior fellow at the Jewish People Policy Institute, also known as JPPI, and I, doing all of those things, I'm really happy that you found the time to yeah. pop by and talk with us and today because it. I'm just tired reading that. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Now, we, you, what
0: your work has excited us very much. And I have to admit, I haven't read your book yet because I'm waiting for the English one to come in. Oh, but it's, we've read, it's, it, it's no, out. No, he ordered I it. I know, oh, I oh, 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 yeah, yeah, ordered it and I'm waiting it to come okay. and unfortunately Fantastic. shipping in Israel. I thought I would have had it. A while before, but it still hasn't so arrived. So I'll we'll give you the
2: summary, and that exactly. You don't well, we have we've read, read all the articles,
0: and we're fascinated yeah. because as teachers of Zionism, you know, we we teach our students about how the Zionist movement was attempting to create the new Jew and change the, you know, exilic diaspora ide- Jewish identity into a new modern, you know, uh, nation state Jewish identity. And what's excited us about your work, the more we uncover, it, is that you actually have the data to describe. The actual new Jew,
2: right? Uh, so, so first of all, what we say, what we argue in the book, the book uh, I co-authored the book with a well-known Israeli professor, Professor Camille Fuchs of Tel Aviv University. Um, he's a mathematics professor and a well-known pollster in Israel. So, we conducted the he helped se- you crunch the numbers exactly. We conducted a series of polls and and used different. Uh, with a uh, fairly large sta- st- group, right? Right. With a large group and we use statistical models to to look at the numbers in different ways. And what we discovered is that Zionism basically succeeded. <laughs> there there is indeed a new Jew. Now it's not necessarily So we're good, we can go home? <laughs> yeah. All right, we, thanks a lot for coming. No, we just we are home. Yeah. We are home. Yeah. That, yeah, no, that's the basic right. argument. We are we are home in Israel and we created the new this new Jew. It's not necessarily uh, the exact type that all, um, you know, ancient uh, movements, um, movement, yeah. movement Zionist, Zionist thinkers were thinking about. When the founders they, didn't know how it would end up. They didn't. Some of them knew better, and some mm-hmm. didn't exactly know, and they had different visions mm-hmm. as well. But. On some crucial matters, Israel did fulfill its promise. Uh, I I would say the first thing is that Israel um, allow us to get rid of the fear of Jewish continuity for for people who listen to us, uh, you know, abroad in other countries, not in Israel. Yeah. yeah, they know that the the most. Uh, present concern for every Jewish com- community whether it's Argentina or the United States or, or Australia or Germany, you know, the issue of Jewish con- continuity is always present. Will our children be Jewish? Will our grandchildren be Jewish? Can they live Jewish life um, in, in their communities? Will they adhere to some Jewish practice? Here in Israel we basically got rid of of such concern the the issue of Jewish continuity doesn't exist here.
0: Well, are you saying that you, you we you you've statistically shown that the Jews aren't going anywhere or that the Jews aren't worried about going so, anywhere? So so
2: there are three main aspects to to this argument. First of all, Jews live here and continue to live here and you know some of them leave but most of them the vast majority of them stay. Mm-hmm. So they will be israeli jews the second is that with within israel we see no measure of assimilation mm-hmm. there are no jews in israel who become non-jews mm-hmm. uh, maybe you know one or two mm-hmm. but essentially if statistically you are, yeah if you if you are born here as as a jew the obvious thing for you to do is to remain jewish and for your children to be Jewish and grandchildren, et cetera. So, it's the path of least resistance. Exactly. So people stay here. They don't assimilate. And then this impacts their consciousness, the, the way they think about themselves and about the future. And when we go and ask them questions such as, what is your level of um, um, confidence Confidence that your children will be Jewish? And, and we did this. We did this both for children and grandchildren. And we gave people a scale of zero to 10. So we didn't just ask, will your children be Jewish? Yes or no. We said from zero to 10, what is your level of confidence that your children will be Jewish or that your grandchildren will be Jewish? And the level of confidence for a clear, vast majority of Jews is 10. Wow! (laughs) It's not that they say, well, I'm pretty confident eight Mm -hmm. or I'm, Almost confident, nine. Mm-hmm. No, they just they ten. say ten
1: across all Jewish, Jewish communities and ages and all that. Across all ages,
2: across all different types of you know religious observance. So even highly secular Jews or people who are self defined as totally secular in Israel, when we ask them about the level of confidence, you know this continuity question they will give us the 10 sure. so so this issue again both numerically when you look at the statistics at the population and when you look at the way people think about themselves it is as i said a non issue
0: so it's both that they that they they're not concerned about continuity and that they have good reason to not be concerned exactly. because the, the, are- the
2: future seems Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I I can go to America and ask people about the level of confidence and maybe some people will say, yeah, I'm confident. And I will think to myself, well, this person is not exactly realistic because we know for a fact that many Jews in the United States, when you look at the next generation and the generation after it, etc., we know that there, there is a certain level of assimilation. So being totally confident, well, doesn't make like, much sense. I
0: think you can meet people, like, say, who work at the Jewish federations in the United States who are very optimistic, but their main concern, their driving concern day after day is, how do we make sure the Jewish people continue? Right. That's You're saying that's what's so different here, is that that's just not a driving right. concern. Right,
2: we, we ju- which doesn't mean that we don't have other right. things to, to be concerned about right. in Israel. There are, there are things that we have to worry about including the you know the safety of Jews and the security of Jews you know the physical safety of Jews the mm-hmm. security of the state of Israel but this issue of Jewish continuity was basically eliminated from our consciousness and and, and that's a pretty big thing and that was a, a Zionist goal yeah. one, one of them. Maybe, one maybe, of them. yeah for arguably a very right, centrally for one, the but cultural but zionists right right, right. Um,
1: right. i mean i think uh, what what is important to take uh, from that is that that means like w- here in Israel, we're really thinking differently than Jews outside of Israel. We do. Um, We do. We think differently and our priorities are very different. Um, So that, that's something that needs to certainly be addressed. Right.
0: You know, what else, what what, what else are your big discoveries about the new? So,
2: so the, the second, the second item I would highlight or point out is the, um, is the question of what exactly is Jewishness in Israel Mm -hmm. and what we show, in our study is that Jewishness in Israel includes two main components. One is tradition, not necessarily religiosity. Mm-hmm. About half of all Jews in Israel are self-defined secular Jews. So it's not religiosity. It's not necessarily uh, belief in God, even though most Jews in Israel do believe in God. It's not religiosity, but it's a strong sense of tradition and a lot of tradition a lot of practice, of cultural tradition. Jewishness,
0: but in action, not in yeah, behavior, they don't not necessarily just in...
2: define it as culture, but right. they, they just, they practice Judaism in the sense of having, you know, just their, their daily traditions or weekly traditions include many things that we would define as Jewish. Mm-hmm. And the second, no less important com- component is nationality. Now, We are at the point in which for many Jews in Israel, not all of them, but many Jews in Israel no longer differentiate between the tradition component and the nationality component. For them, I'll I'll give you one example, and we talk about it a lot in the book. When you go to Jews in Israel and you ask them, what does a person need to do to be a good Jew? Many of the answers you'll get are answers such as serving the IDF. Right. Now, serving in the military is not Jewish tradition,
0: and it's not only Jews doing it.
2: Exactly, and it's not only Jew- Jews doing it. It's yeah. it's a civil duty. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have it in many countries. There's not, nothing essentially Jewish about it in the traditional sense, but in Israel, for Jews in Israel, serving in the military is part of their Jewishness. Mm-hmm. It's part of the things that they define as. Uh, their yeah. culture or, or, or their tradition or their, you know, in identity, a say identity, right? identity yeah. as part of the Jewish identity. Yeah, not, exactly. It's not just Israeli identity. It's yeah. part of their Jewish-Israeli identity. Mm-hmm. So, so serving in the IDF, of course, is, is one example. I can give you more examples such as living in Israel. Mm-hmm. Living in yeah. Israel is a component yeah. of being, you know, this is something you do if you're a good Jew. Mm-hmm. Now, does this mean that all Jews who do not reside in Israel are not good Jews? No, it doesn't mean that. But it does mean that one thing that you can do mm-hmm. to enhance your sense of Jewishness is to live here in Israel.
0: It's not a separate issue from my Jewish identity. It's not that I have my Jewish identity and my national identity. They've become. It's become Jewish national identity. Exactly.
2: It's an amalgamation of of these two uh, items. Nationality and tradition, and we make them into one. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, if, if we get to talk about Israel diaspora relations, that's one of the things that become problematic when you yeah. when you look at Israeli Jews and and non-Israeli Jews. It it separates us because for non-Israeli Jews, national Israeli nationality is not necessarily part of the, of the platform or part of the identity. And for Israeli Jews, it's an essential part of, of their culture, of their Jewish identity.
1: I mean, I think that that uh, is something that I talk a lot about in my classes with my students. About, well, okay, what is your identity? Students who are coming from outside of Israel. What, what is your identity as a Jew? Well, what does it mean to be a Jew today? What does it mean to be an Israeli? Where do those things meet and match? And uh, it's very, uh, it's, they have a very hard time grasping those national uh, parts of Jewishness—it's hard
0: for them to think that way. Yeah. It's not that the idea of Jewish nationality they've never heard of. You know, they know that when they learn the Torah that God promised Abraham he'd be the father of a great nation, not a great religion. They know the terminology, but it's in their consciousness functionally. They act like we only have a religion and not a nationality. Right, and and
2: and if we want to be honest in our conversation, we must admit that there are also problematic components. When you talk about the, this mixture of Israeli nationality and, and Jewish tradition. And, and I'll give you one example. When we ask Jews in Israel what it means to be a good Israeli or a real Israeli, we asked about being real Israeli means, yeah. you get being real Israeli means being Jewish. Mm. Right. Now, 25% of.
0: Course, percent of-
2: exactly. Right. Not all Israelis are Jewish and and then you you begin to think okay what does this mean for for israeli minorities mm-hmm. now one way of looking at it is to say jewish israelis are not welcoming are not you know they they do not want to have minorities within their midst. but the other way of looking at it is saying well jewish israelis are just confused for them Jewishness and Israeliness, they, they don't really make the, they don't see the difference. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. So, if you ask them, what does it mean to be real Israeli? In their mind, it's, what does it mean to be a good, a good Jew? Jew? It's, right. it's mm-hmm. the same question.
0: It's become so blended. Exactly. For them
2: exactly. And, and this blend is one of the things that we see time and again in in many ways. Both when you look at traditionally Jewish holidays and at new Israeli holidays, you know, we we devote a large you know, chunk of the book to talking about Israeli holidays, like Yom Atzmaut, Independence Day, or Memorial Day, or Holocaust Memorial Day. You know, these were these are holidays initiated by. The state of Israel, which no. on my
0: Google Calendar Google calls those Israeli holidays, as opposed to Hanukkah, which it calls a Jewish holiday. Right, but no. Israelis don't think like a Google exactly. Calendar.
2: Many Israelis, not all Israelis, but many, for many Israelis, this separation between you know "quote unquote" Jewish holidays and "quote unquote" Israeli holidays is just manufactured mm-hmm. for them. You know, Memorial Day is a, is has deep Jewish meaning. And if you look at the day, and you look at the way, and here we go back to you know early Zionism, or in this case, the the founders of the state, when the founders of the state decided to establish Memorial Day for the fallen soldiers, etc., like the, they do in in almost all other countries, you know, all ca- to different countries, degrees, yeah. yeah, have Memorial Day. So we have mem- Memorial Day. That is essentially Israeli. But you look at the way they crafted this event, this day, it begins to show that it's, well, is it really Israeli? Where do we start Memorial Day? At night. At night. At night. Or even before that, it's also. Near the Western Wall. Mm-hmm. So we begin at night. Uh, also, like, go
1: to the calendar. It's, exa- the, it's uh, the Hebrew, Hebrew, it's, it's it's Hebrew, Hebrew calendar. It's
2: the Hebrew calendar. Israeli law defines it as a day that begins at night right. and ends at night, like right. Jewish, like all I'll, Jewish events. Mm-hmm. It begins near the Western Wall. Right. We recite the Kaddish. Mm-hmm. We say prayers. So there are so many Jewish symbols and Jewish components that are part of this, of this, you know, Israeli event, that it becomes to, to you know, it it, 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 blurs. Works, it, it blurs. works the other
0: way also in a way that to an Israeli may not be. when The, the first time uh, it, back in, in Cleveland, Ohio, the first time we had Israelis do a Yom HaZikaron program for the community. And as they lowered the flag, they played taps and they hung a wreath. <laughs> and to American Jews, taps and a wreath are so, uh, forgive me for the term, it's goyish. Right. Do you know what I mean? I don't know a nicer way to say it. Like it's just not such Jewish. a Gentile. It's such a gentile It's not just not Jewish. I know. I know. Like just... it just people were, their mouths are open, and I had to explain to people. Just like you're saying, the Jewish becomes how the na- national. So the way nations do things has become Jewish. in Israel. right,
2: right, because because we adopted some of the things that other that's nations how militaries. Do. Express we know that the themselves. siren, the mm-hmm. siren on Yom Hazikaron on, mm-hmm. on Memorial Day. That's a that's a, a really powerful moment in Israel where you know people stop on street corners cars you know st- stop on on the highways mm-hmm. it's a very powerful moment well there's nothing jewish about the siren right it's not the chauffeur it's a siren but but we we take everything and mix it together in a new way that makes it well, that's why we call the book Israeli yeah, Judaism. Sure. Israeli Judaism is not the Judaism of Israelis or the Israeliness of Jews. Israeli Judaism is a new breed; it's a new culture. That's that's the main argument of uh, we make in the book.
0: And what percent of the Israeli population, of the Israeli Jewish population, is
2: this kind of new Israeli Jew? So, so first of all, I would um, I would urge our listeners to go to a to the website of the Jewish People Policy Institute jppi.org.il. I'm going to put and, three links to different pieces and there pieces. Yeah. what they can do they can test themselves and see for themselves if they fit into this model mm. of um, Israeli nice. Judaism because nice. we we oh, put that I don't have. yeah we we took we took I'm parts doing that of,
1: at dinner tonight with my kids <laughs> I'm doing it in class with my
0: students
2: yeah. we we took parts of the survey yeah, I, that <laughs> we used in our statistical models and just put them online, and you can answer 30-something questions, and then you press a button, and you see yourself on the Israeli map of Jewishness. Now, our map includes basic four groups. Uh, We have what we call Jews. These are people who practice a lot of tradition, but not as much nationality. Mm-hmm. These are mostly ultra-orthodox Jews in Israel. Some Orthodox probably as well, not yes. ultra only. Yeah. So they are very religious, but they do not they do not participate to the same extent in Israeli nationality. We have the group that we call Israeli. These are all-time labor movement voters who are you know highly patriotic, almost nationalistic in some ways. But don't do much Jewish tradition. We have a small group, thirteen percent whom we call universalists. These are the Israelis who are quite reluctant to practice either nationality or nor you know nor tradition. Mm-hmm. And then we have the majority group. it's about fifty five percent, a majority of Jews in Israel whom we call Jewish Israelis. On our on our model, you, you know, it's like a map. Mm-hmm. So we have four quadrants. F- exactly. So on the upper right side, these are the Jewish Israelis, which means that they practice above certain level of tradition and above certain level of nationality. And we see that most Jews in Israel are there. The three other groups are 17%, 13%, and 15%. Hmm. So they're about the same size. Mm-hmm. And the majority and the trajectory it's is towards it's growing. Israeli, yeah. Israeli, Israeli Judaism. But be, before the uh, before the 2019 first election, we <laughs> did this map by vo- voting patterns, mm-hmm. and we discovered that the voters of all parties except three are within the uh, are within the Israeli Judaism spectrum. The three parties are united toward mm. Judaism. So uh-huh. it's Ashkenazi Haredi mm. Jews, the, the ultra orthodox Jew. Ashkenazi yeah. Jews. Uh, these are the on the upper left corner. Left corner, we have Labor Movement voters, Labor Party voters huh. on the. Uh, um, um, Israeli bottom right, okay. right, and bottom left merits voters. Wow, the universalists. So it fits huh. exactly with our perception of who these people are. It's also and, a powerful
0: explainer why politically the centrist parties are uh, exactly so. You huge. See, and similar, and mm-hmm. you
2: exactly you see that Likud voters and Yeshatid voters and Shas voters and Jewish Home voters are all. Part of this group that we call Jewish Israeli. That's why, that's why you see all these parties um, speak quite strongly about Jewish ideals and about national ideals. They do not drop any of these two balls because they know that most of the population is there and most of the energy is there. That this is where Israel is going. Israeli Jewish society, of course, this is where it's going.
0: Now, how much of this, how much of these results, I don't know if you can remember, uh, how much of it surprised you? Like what took you by surprise?
2: You know, there the, are the specifics that took me by surprise. I'll give you one example. Um, we, we asked many, the, the questionnaire that we handed handled people was of almost 400 questions. It's a very long and detailed question And a lot of people. I was surprised at a the lot of, size people. of the yeah. study. 3,000, right? More than 3,000 wow. people. It's a very large... Which in Israel is... Because we, were, we wanted to be able to look at smaller groups, mm-hmm. to look specifically at people who call themselves liberal religious, or even at the small group of people who say we are Reform Jews in Israel. Mm-hmm. It's about 8% of the Jewish population. So so we have a large sample and a very detailed questionnaire and one of the things that surprised me is the number or the percentage of people who say that they have Friday in- night dinner hey. with family. Thank That's you. the
0: one that surprised Alan. That's one that yeah. surprised me. Yeah. yeah,
2: it's more than 80%. That's unbelievable. It's unbelievable.
0: Yeah. 80% of Israelis, so, religious, not religious, exactly. have dinner with their family on Friday night.
2: Exactly. So if you're willing to say well there there certain level of certain ways to practice Judaism. And one of them, of course, is to light candles on Friday night. And one of them is to uh, say a kiddush on Friday night. And one of them is not to drive on Shabbat. There are different levels. But you can also say, yes, having a family dinner every week or almost every week on Friday night, that's Jewish practice. Mm -hmm. You keep something, you know, that's the Jewish calendar. It's the Jewish cycle. It's on Friday
0: night. It's not Sunday night. Friday (laughs) night.
2: And when you see that more than 80% of the Jewish population, you know, religious and non-religious, traditional and non-traditional, are having such practice, you know, I, I was I was struck by it. I yeah. thought, well, that's significant. Yeah. That's significant. And one of the things that we see in our survey is that compared to all other countries and compared to the way people think about themselves people here practice a lot of Judaism so yeah. so you go to an Israeli Jew and you ask him well do you practice any Judaism and he'll tell you no i'm i'm totally mm. secular i do nothing and then you hand him a que- him or her a questionnaire with <laughs> 400 questions and they answer the questionnaire you know positively like 283 questions. Yeah, you do nothing, but you do eat Hamintashan on Purim. <laughs> yeah. You do light candles on Hanukkah. You have a Seder on Pesach because everybody, uh-huh. everybody does.
0: Yom Kippur is a day off. Where Yom do?
2: Kippur, um, um, Rosh Hashanah, you know, dinner on Rosh Hashanah. Mm- I think it's ninety eight percent. Do you have and then they go off for that big yeah. motorcycle trek the next day? Special meal, special dinner. meal for Rosh Hashanah. Ninety eight percent. How can that be? And the obvious answer <laughs> is because you will literally sit alone in the dark <laughs> if you don't. Right. This is what everybody, you know, everybody right. does it. So part of what Israel. You know, enables people or even forces people to do here is to be a part of this cycle of Jewish practice. You know, you you do it you do it because because what else is there? Well, if, you, if you don't have a seder right. on Pesach, what will you do? There's nothing to do on Pesach night, rather right. than have a seder.
0: For Jews to survive as communities in the exile, they're fighting against the stream of history. Here in Israel now, we're just going with the flow of the social historical forces. Exactly,
2: and and again, if you want to look at it from a you know, from a, with a more negative perspective, you'll say, this makes us somewhat lazy Jews. We don't really have to think much about being Jewish. It, it is just part of life. It's. You know, I wake up in the morning, I, I put on my shoes and on on Pesach I do a seder mm-hmm. because and it's the same. It's there's there's nothing unique or special there's nothing. It's you not don't, coming
0: out of decision and meaning. You, you it's not don't, a
2: mission. Know, I, I it's not to, an effort. Mm-hmm. It's effortless Judaism. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. I went to Osher Ad last night. Fighting the crowds was mm-hmm. not so effortless. <laughs> because, because, right? because everybody's uh, because everybody's doing it right. So it's, good it's, luck it's, finding chicken a, in the supermarket. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. That's true. That's true.
0: That, that's true. that uh, no. But your overall point. No. Of, it, it's a flow. First, first of, of all, trying to find the negative side. I think you might be being a little bit Jewish, also. Okay. Right. Right.
2: But you know, think about this. You know this way. If if you're Jewish and you live in I don't know Pensacola, Florida, and and it's uh, ten days before the marginal holiday of Shavuot, mm-hmm. there's nothing that forces you to know that Shavuot is coming.
1: Right.
2: Yeah. You, you cannot. You you can ignore it. You it can requires for, focus and effort. You can forget about it. You can forget about it. If you live in Israel. And you dislike Shavuot and the idea of Shavuot, and you don't like Torah, and you don't like Judaism, and you are totally secular, and you don't believe in God. You cannot forget about Shavuot because mm-hmm. you'll you'll open, uh, you'll turn on your TV ten days before Shavuot, and you'll just watch uh, whatever game show or whatever sports event is on TV, and then there'll be commercial. Mm-hmm. And what will it be about? Cheesecakes or Mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, dairy 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 product. (laughs) Shavuot is coming. You must buy dairy products. You cannot forget about Shavuot if you two extra bottles of soda in the pack. Happy Rosh Hashanah. Exactly, exactly. Or honey for Rosh Hashanah. Mm -hmm. So so everything about Israel forces you to be part of it. I'll 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 say it in, in this way. You have to make special effort to be Jewish in other countries. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to make special effort not to be Jewish mm-hmm. in Israel. Right. It's easier being Jewish here; it's just easier. And you think so, that
0: this so. is a this is a fulfillment of the founders' mm-hmm. vision, if
2: not their specific plan. I think it, in many ways it is because one of the main challenges of modernity is that uh, being Jewish is no longer. A natural part of life, except for the people who are highly observant. Mm-hmm. If no, you're not highly observant, then you must always remember that you want to be Jewish, that you need to be Jewish, that you need to do something to to be Jewish. It's a constant effort. You have to invest time and mm-hmm. energy and 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 money, of course. It's it's something that you need to fight for. If you don't live in Israel and when you have to fight for something for a very long time, you get tired. You get tired. And if you don't get tired, one of your children Mm -hmm. gets tired and he will no longer do it. It's it's always you always depend on the on the weakest link in the chain. Mm -hmm. You know, it's 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 tiring. It's always always have to invest Effort. So you're
0: saying, come live in Israel so you can relax, a very relaxed lifestyle with no pressure? Is that what you're saying? You know, what, that's what I'm hearing.
2: Once, once I, I attended a, a meeting with uh, some uh, officials from the tourism ministry, and they asked me, what can we do to convince more Jews to come and visit Israel? You know, what slogan we should use? And I said, oh, that's easy. Come to Israel, eat trafe. <laughs> <laughs> because when you come to Israel, even if you eat trafe, yeah. you're you It's still, a Jewish experience. It's a Jewish experience. It's it's very mm-hmm. difficult to be here and not to feel strongly Jewish. Uh, doesn't much matter what you do. You know, uh, uh, the Israeli novelist uh, A.B. Yoshua once said that when you pave a road in Israel, you do something Jewish. hmm and, you know, we, we can have this debate of whether paving a road on, you know, just doing mundane, um, you know, work Activities, right. is, is Jewish activity. But I think he captured something that is that is really significant when you are here, when you do when you do something in Israel, you build the you help build the Jewish home and you are part of this, um, you know highly infused jewish life then yes you're whatever you do you're doing something that contributes to jewish culture and identity
0: now because you're doing surveys and you're trying to accumulate data in a scientific way you're 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 meant to be objective as you assemble the data but i detect in you a real passion and and a positive value that you're putting on what you uncovered does that does that does the private Shmuel Rosner and the professional Shmuel Rosner, is there a conflict or it's just a beautiful part of your job that you get to enjoy?
2: Well, is there a conflict? You know, I we found many things about Israeli society uh, with, you know, some of which I'm satisfied with, some of which are more troubling to me. Um, one of the nice things about working with Professor Fuchs was that he comes from a very different background we come from very, very different backgrounds so i'm both younger and i come from a much more religious background and he comes from a he's he's not an he's, he's not israeli born he's much older he's much more secular he's very secular um, left wing secular detached fairly detached <laughs> israeli um so it was it was a constant, and we are good friends. Mm-hmm. But it was we were constantly correcting each other. You mm-hmm. know, when I was writing something, you you tell me, "Oh, you only write it this way because you uh. come from an Orthodox family. Uh-huh. You don't see it through my uh-huh. my eyes." So he would correct me, and I would correct him, and we wrote the questions together, and then, you know, we developed the narrative together, and and I think. Ultimately, you know, this is something for the readers to judge. But ultimately, we attempted to create a book that is more descriptive than prescriptive. Right, right. You're not telling uh, people what to be. You're we, describing yeah, the world We're not telling Israelis what they ought to be. We're mm-hmm. describing what they are. Mm-hmm. And what they are is exciting. Yeah, but, you know, Israel is uh, just uh, 70-something uh, years old. It's a fairly new adventure, mm-hmm. and it's exciting to see it evolve. It's exciting to uncover, you know, the the um, what's happening here. And and this is… Even if it's only a snapshot for right now, you don't
0: know, I mean…
2: Well, you... we, we were looking at a lot of data from previous years so that we can compare what we have today uh-huh. versus what… What was happening here 20 or 30 or 50 years ago and are there plans
0: for follow-ups or dreams of follow-ups to
2: there are dreams for follow-ups mm-hmm. but you know to for such follow-ups we will need to wait for i don't know at it least was a 10 huge years project, yeah, yeah. It's, this is not something we need to examine every year but we did do some we did develop or or created some additions that we do even since we started our survey so I'll give you one example. In our original survey, we asked about kashrut, uh, dietary laws, in a certain way. And ultimately, we decided that what we have as as answer is not detailed enough. Mm-hmm. So a year later, just a few months ago, we, we run another poll on a different subject, and we just added one question on kashrut mm. to the survey so that we can have a more detailed response. So, so one of the things that we discovered, for example, you know, we, we had the number for people who eat kosher and non-kosher in Israel. Basically, in Israel, it's about six, 65% of Israelis who say, yeah, who say they eat kosher at home, and 35% who are non-kosher. Hmm. But when we then we said, okay, but what about pork, specifically pork? What about people who eat non-kosher Do they eat pork? And we asked the question, and we discovered that of the 35% who don't eat kosher, 25% do eat pork, but 10% avoid pork. Mm. So again, is avoiding pork a Jewish practice? I would argue it is. Even if you do eat shrimp, and you do mix meat and dairy, and you do... All kinds of other things that we don't consider kosher. You do keep this small symbolic Mm -hmm. uh, component of kashrut, right? If that's why you're not eating it, not just because you don't like pork, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that's significant. So it's not just sixty-five percent who eat kosher; it's sixty-five plus ten who Who keep something, who Mm -hmm. keep something part of kashrut. Exactly. Um, So so. That's one of the interesting follow-ups that we already conducted, and and we plan to have more more such follow-ups in the future.
0: Oh well, keep we want to keep yeah. posted because this is what well, your study has done, and I'm, I'm anxiously. It's the problem when you live in Israel. I order books; it's a little cheaper to order it from <laughs> from the United States from, or, or from, England re, from England. Oh, from England, book Depository. Okay. book depository. It's <laughs> good; they have free okay. shipping, but uh, it takes a while. But um, but your your writing and your study has really excited us, and it's 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 influencing how we want to teach our students and what we're going to teach our students because what you're reflecting about uh, the development of Jewish identity in Israel is so relevant whether you live here or not. It's really I think important and impactful to be aware of how what you know this this huge change in our society is taking place. I just I can't thank you enough for the work and tell you how much it means to us
1: and the way you've categorized it. I find it very helpful. Well, sometimes I mean, clearly, you know, and sometimes people who do right what you now. do
0: can, you know, are very smart, yeah. and very wise, but they don't explain it clearly, and you're yeah. making it accessible. No, and I'll guys, just leave the like room. Me and I'll let you
2: <laughs> keep talking about how wonderful we are. We just want you. Work. We
1: just want you to come back. So yeah, <laughs> right. I,
2: I think I think it's it's especially relevant. Well, it's relevant for everybody, but I think it's especially relevant for people who live outside of Israel. Jews who worry about Israel or think Israel is awful or wonderful. And I think many of the difficulties that we have today between Israeli Jews and non-Israeli Jews is because uh, the Jews who live outside of Israel don't really understand mm-hmm. what Israel is all about. And I think this book in some ways clarify things that weren't necessarily clear before, before our study. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's 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 great impactful, job. relevant, and very clarifying and helpful
0: to everyone. I think so. Thank you so much, and thank you for coming and discussing it with us today. Send me links that you want me to put on the podcast, and I'll put. I already have a few, but I will. Uh, thank I will. you very much. Thank really, you for thank having you. me. It was... uh, really, our pleasure. Uh, well, we're before Yom Kippur, although they'll be hearing this later. But Gmar uh, Cholim Alan, thank you, thank you, and Ben, thanks for engineering us to the end of the episode, which this is. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Macomb Israel Teacher's Lounge podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, rate, and review. Join us next time.